Welcome to the Qalam Institute podcast. You're listening to Lives of the Prophets by Mufti Hussein Kamani. Imagine spending two weeks every day, morning and evening, with the Prophets of Allah. That's the vision behind Sira Intensive. Every year, over a hundred people from all over the world come together to spend two weeks immersed in learning about the life and character of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad Sign up and get more information at sirahintensive.com. That's S-E-E-R-A-H intensive.com. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhin astafa. Khususan ala sayyidi rasulim wa khatimil anbiya wa ala alihi laskiya wa ashabihi latqiya amma ba'd. So today, inshallah, we will start with the story of the first Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also the first human being created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. This is the point where scholars usually discuss the Mas'alatul Irtiqa, which is known as the issue of evolution. And the reason why this is a very important discussion at this point is because it helps us understand how Adam alayhi salam was actually created. So the idea is that was Adam salam passively created in a format where he evolved from the creation that was created before him? Or was Allah subhanahu, did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actively and intentionally, purposefully create Adam salam himself? Now this issue will be answered up ahead inshallah. We're going to, today's whole class is about the creation of Adam salam. But one thing I want to make clear, when it comes to the theory of evolution, First of all, people forget to realize that it's a theory. It's not a fact. You will rarely find that something is scientifically established as a fact and it contradicts the deen. That will rarely happen, if it has happened at all. Usually it's people, human beings, trying to establish theories, trying to get their mind around a reality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already stated. And if that reality is in agreement with what the Qur'an says, then that becomes a fact. But if some aspect of the fact contradicts the Qur'an, then there is a need for further investigation because it is impossible, it is mahal, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would state something in the Qur'an that is not factual, that is not true. There is not a single thing in the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on many occasions says, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا But who is more truthful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now another issue is that when we talk about evolving or the theory of evolution, Darwinism, people immediately get on the defensive and they say, hey, Every aspect of evolution is faulty, and I don't want to accept it at all. Now that in itself is also a very naive approach. The reason is because we as Muslims do not deny something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have done. Something that's from the possible methods of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is it possible that a plant can evolve from one state to another? It's very possible. Is it possible that a particular human being can evolve from one way to another? That's possible. The part of evolution that is badihi, that is very clear and against what the Qur'an is saying, is the evolution of mankind from another creation. That's the one part, the one discussion that there is nothing that we can do anything about. And the reason is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly in the Qur'an states that Adam salam was created by Allah. خَلَقْتُهُ بِيَدَيْهِ As the Qur'an says, Allah says that I created him with my very own hands. And what does that mean? I'll talk about that in a little bit. And there are many ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ that gave a very vivid, very clear description of the creation of Adam 
Now, other creations, could they have evolved? Wallahu alam, it's very possible. Is it possible that once human beings were created that we evolved? Yes, it has happened and it's very possible. Adam salam was created 60 foot tall. We as human beings are no longer 60 foot tall. We've evolved from that height to a height that we have today. So that's one thing that we have to understand. Now, the, one of the many problems with um, the theory of evolution when it comes to the beginning of the existence of mankind, the human being, is that it kind of connotates and it suggests this idea that we as human beings passively came into existence. And if something passively kind of just happens to happen, its purpose really can't be that clear. You guys understand that? You just happen to come along. Why are you here? I don't know. I just happen to be here. But when it comes to the creation of the human being, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear, we didn't just happen to come to the world. We didn't just happen to come into existence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly, for a very specific purpose, created us. And Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ The purpose of our creation was to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And everything else that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created in the world, when you talk about the birds and the wind and the sun and the moon and the agriculture, everything else was created for its own purpose. For a purpose to serve the greater creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the intellectual creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mukallaf creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's a different, there are different tiers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creations. Okay? Some creations were created solely to serve other creation. And the creation that is to be served is the mukallaf creation. So what that means is this. There is an aspect, there are some creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that have a greater responsibility in, 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 in relation to other creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we agree on that? Okay. And how do we know which, which creation has more responsibility, which one has less? Well, the simple answer is, which creation is muhasab and which one isn't? Which creation will be held accountable by Allah on the Day of Judgment? And which creation won't be held accountable by Allah on the Day of Judgment? The creation that won't be held accountable by Allah on the Day of Judgment, their responsibility is less in comparison to the one that is accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. So the other creation, their purpose is to facilitate the living of the creation that will be held accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. Okay? And we the human beings are amongst the creation who will be held accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. We will have to stand in front of Allah on Yawm al-Hisab and there will be uh, accounting for everything that we did. And the Urdu poet, he captures this by saying um, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything for you. Okay, so he uses his words, he says, That God created animals so that they may be loyal to you. And Allah created the stars, the sun, and the moon for light so that you may function. And the reason why God allowed this agriculture to grow and made the fields green is so that you may nourish yourself. Where everything was made for you, you were ultimately created for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It feeds into that same purpose that I was talking about. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran on many occasions that the human being wasn't created for wasn't created without purpose. Does mankind think that you were created without any objective, that you will be left without any goal? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Khalaqahu thumma hada. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the mankind and then guided him. And we guided mankind to two paths. What are the two paths? Either a good path or an evil path. These are all reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us. And what makes the human being very sophisticated and very special over all of the creation is our intellect. And again, we'll come to this very soon. 
Now the story of Adam salam is mentioned in the Quran on many occasions. It is mentioned over 50 times Adam salam is mentioned in the Quran. And to be precise, 55 times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Adam salam in Surah Al-Baqarah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Adam salam in Surah Al-Imran twice. In Surah Ma'idah once. In Surah A'raf seven times. In Surah Al-Isra twice. In Surah Kahf once. In Surah Maryam once. In Surah Taha five times. And in Surah Yasin one time. Now in the different places in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of Adam salam, Either Adam salam's mention is specifically for his story in his case as you'll find in many places of the Qur'an, where Allah talks about the beginning of creation. Or Adam salam is being mentioned passively in wasf, meaning the father of, the father of. So then we know that the Qur'an is talking about Adam salam. Or at times Adam salam is mentioned in the Qur'an, not for his story, but the reason why he's mentioned is because at that particular occasion in the Qur'an, the Qur'an is reference, referencing many prophets. You guys understand that? Inna Allah astafa Adama wa Nuhan wa Ali Ibrahim wa Ali Imran ala alameen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we selected Adam alayhi salam, Nuh alayhi salam, and so and so prophets. So along with the many prophets whose names are mentioned under a particular favor of Allah or a particular goal of the Qur'an, Adam alayhi salam's name is also mentioned there. And as I mentioned, the Qur'an mentions Adam alayhi salam 55 times. Now one of the interesting things about this is that the Qur'an mentions Adam salam not only in one passage, but in different places, in different surahs, different chapters. And where the story fits the theme that we can learn something from Adam salam's story, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings his example there. Now, this makes Adam salam's story much more relatable to us. And the second, thing, second very interesting thing about this is, when someone mentions something once, the chances of confliction are very little, contradiction are very little. But if someone's story, someone mentions a particular story 55 times on 55 different occasions, the chances of conflict go up, the, cha- the chances of contradiction go up, because one place you might mention the story one way, another story you might mention the story another way, and it's possible that if you pay attention to the detail of the way the story was told on 55 different occasions, that there will be conflict there. Humans do that very regularly, by the way. Okay. But one of the most interesting things about the Qur'an is that the Qur'an does not contradict anywhere. It mentions Adam salam's story how many times? 55 times. But there, is there any contradiction anywhere? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an that أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا Do they not ponder on the Qur'an? And had they pondered on the Qur'an, they would have realized that the Qur'an couldn't have come from anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because had it come from anyone other than Allah, there would have definitely been conflict in there. Right? Such a vast book with so much detail, human beings make error. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's kalam and his kitab is free of error. Now, in order to understand Adam salam's creation, there is a timeline that we have to become comfortable with and understand. The first thing is that before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam, were there other creations who lived on the earth? Yes or no? We all agree, yes there were. And the very famous creation of Allah that used to live on the earth was the jinn. The jinn inhabited the majority of the land on the earth before the creation of mankind. And there are narrations that tell us, even though they are weak, but they do mention that 2,000 years, and the, mention, the, the number 2,000 is mentioned, 2,000 years uh, prior to the creation of Adam a.s., 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given permission to the jinn to inhabit the earth. And they lived in the earth. But due to their excessive corruption and killing and murdering and disobedience to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent a group of angels, an army of angels, to wipe them out. And these angels came and they fought against the jinn because the jinn are strong and stronger than the jinns are the angels, the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these jinns, they fought against the jinn, these angels, they fought against the jinn and fought against them until the hadith actually mentions that they pushed them out from the land into, they pushed them out of the majority part of the lands into the Jazair wal Bihar. Into the Jazair. Jazair means kind of like the islands, these smaller areas, right? The peninsulas. And Bihar meaning into the water. That's why you'll notice till today that jinns can most commonly be found in uh, abandoned areas, like at the top of mountains, for example, or in the middle of a forest, or on, a, in an, on an isolated island. You know, that's the kind of area they live in because that's the area they were pushed to by the angels out of the common land into the uh, not-so-common land. Now, what does the word jinn even mean? The word jinn, the reason why jinn are called jinn is because they are unseen to the eye of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Most of the creation of Allah cannot see the jinn by their bare eye. Just like the human being, we are not able to see the jinn. Other creation of Allah are also not able to see the jinn. The jinn are created from fire. Now, someone can argue back and say, hey, but I can see fire, so why can't I see the jinn? So the answer to that is quite simple. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the jinn originally from fire, and then they were created from different matter, just like human being. Um, is a human being created from soil? Yes, we are. But does that mean we are going to find soil under our skin? Not at all. In the original creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, out of His wisdom and reasoning that we'll cover up ahead inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala included soil into our creation. And there is a reason behind that, there's a purpose behind that. So similarly, the jinn were created from fire, and like we also know from a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that the angels are created from nur. The angels are created from nur. Now that we understand angels and jinn, one thing to understand here, one very important point, is that where the jinn were destroyed, when I say destroyed meaning fought against, and the wars occurred, the angels fought against the jinn, the reason why... Iblis or Shaytan ended up joining the angels and became a part of their group is because when the angels attacked the jinn, rather than fighting against them, he fought with them. So he became one of them. He kind of joined their team. And from there, when the angels departed the earth and came back to the heavens, he also joined them and stayed in their company. Hence, he was considered to be from one of the angels, even though he was never an angel. Imam Hassan al-Basri, he says this very clearly, that Shaytan was never an angel. Because some people make this argument that at some point he was an angel and then turned into a jinn. Hassan al-Basri, he says very clearly, Shaytan was never an angel. Iblis was never an angel. He was always a jinn. However, he kind of joined the angels because he stayed in their company and he did not disobey Allah like the others did when in, in, the, in their time in the world. Now, the third creation of Allah, which we're going to talk about today, inshallah, is the insan, the human being. Now, what does the word insan mean? So, scholars differ in opinion on what the origin of the words insan is. However, they say that insan can come from two roots. Either it can come from the Arabic word al-unsiyya, which means to socialize, to feel comfortable with other people. And that's the nature of the human being. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam, he felt lonely. And he said, Ya Allah, I need a companion. 
Hence, Al-Insan. Because a human being doesn't like being alone. No human being likes being alone. You like being in the company of other people. Okay? And the second possibility of the root of the word insan is nisyan. And what does nisyan mean? Forget. It means to forget. And the reason is because Adam salam was commanded by Allah to do something and he forgot. Fanasi, as the Quran says. And because he forgot, therefore his children will also forget. And the Prophet tells us, Rufi'a an ummati al nisyan. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has pardoned my ummah for any humanly mistakes and any forgetfulness. If you ever do something out of forgetfulness, you just, you forgot something. You tried your best, but you forgot it. You won't be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Or you just made a mistake. You genuinely made a mistake. You weren't supposed to do it, but the Quran slipped out of your hand, for example. Or you prayed an extra rakat, or you prayed one rakat less. Human mistakes and forgetfulness are not punishable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa tells us, Rufi'ah. عن أمتي الخطأ والنسيان. Now, when did when was Adam عليه السلام created? So this is something that we don't find very clearly in the Quran or in the Hadith. However, there are some scholars in their works they have made reference to this. For example, you'll find in Qasas al-Quran and also in the book Rahmatul Alamin and many other books as well. They mention that it is very possible that Adam عليه السلام was created. This is a rough ballpark figure to give an idea. 10,000 years ago, to give a little timeline of how things were, okay? Adam salam was roughly created 10,000 years ago. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam from soil, as the Qur'an tells us this. And the hadith actually tells us that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam from soil, the soil that was used for the creation of Adam salam was from different parts of the earth, different parts of the world. Allah commanded the angels to bring soil from different parts of the world and that soil was brought in front of Allah and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam from that soil. Now why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use different parts of the earth? Why, why did He use different soil from the earth? The scholars they say because there are many different properties to soil. Uh, for, from one perspective, soil comes in different colors. There is some soil that you'll find that is light, some is dark, some is brownish, right? And therefore the, the skin tone of the, of, the creation, of the children of Adam salam. And then some scholars, they say that the soil has different properties. For example, some soil has the ability to grow, while other soil does not have the ability to grow. Some soil is actually edible. Do you guys know that? There are practices in certain parts of the world where pregnant women, they actually eat, they eat soil. You guys know this, right? They clay soil. They, 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 they eat this. And it's a part of their practice when, when women are pregnant. They actually eat this. I've seen this with my own eyes, by the way. Okay, it's still something that's practiced. It, it's not something ancient. People, they eat, eat at times even eat certain, certain soil. Not all soil, but you know, a particular type of soil. So similarly, just as it has different properties and different abilities, human beings will have different properties and different abilities talking, relating to their different spiritual states. As a group of people gathered here, we come in different spiritual states. It's, just, it's a part of the diversity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in Adam alayhi salam's creation. As Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ ذَكَرٍ وَأُنْثَى وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَبَائِلٍ that we made you from different tribes and different nations so that you may come to know one another. The variety or the different substances used to create Adam salam were not to cause division, rather it was to make him much more beautiful. You guys understand that? You know, for example, if someone was to make something out of one, one single substance, that's good. But if that same, paint, that same painting now doesn't only have one color, but it has ten colors, does that become more beautiful? More intricate, more beautiful, more detailed. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam with this special detail. 
Now some people they object, they say, the Qur'an is not consistent about Adam salam's creation. This is a common objection made against the Qur'an by many Orientalists, non-Muslim academics. They say the Qur'an is not consistent about Adam salam's creation. Why is that? The reason is because sometimes the Qur'an says, خَلَقَهُ مِن تُرَاب خَلَقَهُ مِن تُرَاب That Allah created him from Turab. Remember that Arabic word. And then there are places in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خَلَقْتَهُ مِن طين, That Allah created him from Teen. Okay, another word in Arabic. And then there are places in the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مِن طين اللازب. So طين اللازب, that's another word now being used when talking about Adam salam's creation. And then in places of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَلْصَالٍ فَخَّارٍ Right? A different word used, being used. And then in the Qur'an you'll find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning مِنْ حَمَئِمْ masnoon. Again, another word being used for Adam salam's creation. So you find five different words being used when referring to Adam salam's creation. So many academics, they argue and say that even your Qur'an is not consistent on Adam salam's creation. Our response to that is, that there is no contradiction in the above. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing us of the different stages in the creation of Adam salam. Just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding the human being says, مِمَّا in دَافِقْ in one place. In another place Allah says, مِمَّا in مَهِينْ In another place Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, نُطْفَ alaqa مُضْغَ So the, the, different, the different phases in the creation of the, of the human being are being referenced to by these different terms. So what do these terms mean and what phases are they referring to? So the word turab refers to simple dry soil. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala added water into the soil. That's why we know the two original components of the creation of the human being are what? Water and water and soil, both things. Not just soil, water and soil. The soil was dry, turab, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala added um, water into this and this becomes teen. Teen is kind of like mud. You know when you add water into soil it becomes very mushy and muddy. That's what happened. Now after this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left it there for a long period. It stayed in that state, that wet, mushy state for a long period. And when soil stays in that long period with water, it ends up becoming teen and lazib. It becomes lazib. Lazib means sticky. It became a sticky, wet substance. That was the creation. And then from there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He used this sticky, wet substance to create, to mold the form of the human being. Kind of like, you know, when you go to an art museum, you find moldings there, like statue-like figures, molding, molds, right? If you, if you want to get your tooth replaced, they, they take a mold from there. So the human being was molded. And then after it was molded, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala left it there for a long period. And because it stayed in that long period, it became dark. And that's hama'im masnoon, that dark state that it turned into. And now after the human being went through all these different um, stages of development, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He created Adam salam, there are a few things that we have to know. The first, this is the outer skull, the outer skeleton of the human being, okay? The soil mixed with water, then became sticky, then the form was molded, and then it stayed there for a long time until it took a darker color. Now, there are some ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ that actually describe that mold or that form that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created. What we know is that it was 60 foot tall. Sahih hadith. How many feet tall? 60 feet tall. That was Adam salam's creation. 
The other thing that we learned regarding the Adam salam's creation is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خَلَقْتُهُ بِيَدَيْهِ That when I created Adam salam, I created him with my very own hands. There is actually a hadith from Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu an that is narrated by Imam Darami rahmatullahi alayhi and also by Abu Shaykh and other scholars have also narrated it. Imam Dhahabi narrated after quoting this particular hadith, he says that it is an authentic narration, it is a sound narration. So meaning it's a sound narration. So Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu an says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created four things with his very own hands. There are four things that were created by the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Arshu wal-Qalamu wal-Adamu wa-Jannatu Adinin. The throne were created by the hands of Allah. The pen that was used to scribe everything that will happen until the Day of Judgment in the secure tablet, that was created by the hands of Allah. And then Adam was also formed and molded by the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last thing is Jannatu Adin, which is the paradise of Adin, which is mentioned in the Quran on many occasions. Now someone can argue and say, what does that mean, the hands of Allah? What does that mean? What does that mean, the hands of Allah? Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have hands? So this is one of those issues that we do tafweed in. Tafweed means that we say that this is beyond our ability to understand. The Qur'an makes reference to many body parts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does that mean because the Qur'an says or the hadith says that Allah has body parts, that His body parts are like our humanly body parts? No, they are different. What do they mean? We don't know. Someone asked Imam Malik rahmatullahi alayhi that the Qur'an says Allah is on His throne. So, does that mean Allah is sitting on His throne like you and I sit on the throne of Allah? As, as you and I would sit on a throne? So Imam Mahdi gave a profound answer. He said, Al-istiba'u ma'lum, wal-kayfiyyatu majhul, al-imanu bihi wajib, was-su'alu anhu bid'ah. He killed it. What he said was, what we know is that Allah is on the throne. Al-istiba'u ma'lum. We can't deny that. Because Allah says in the Quran, Ar-Rahmanu, al-Arsh istaba. Allah is above the throne. Allah is on the throne. So he says, we know that because it's in the Qur'an, we're not going to deny the ayah of the Qur'an. Well, but how exactly is Allah on the throne? We don't know. The Qur'an didn't mention it. The Prophet didn't discuss it. So, al-imanu bihi wajib. You have to believe in it because it's in the Qur'an. And asking regarding such things is an innovation in itself. It's not something the companions did. And it wasn't a discussion the Prophet himself engaged in. So similarly, someone can ask, what is the hand of Allah? What does that even mean? So it's one of those things that it has a greater meaning. We leave that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now some scholars, while trying to explain what this means, the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they say that this is figurative. It's not literal. What that means is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the human being with His hand. What they say this means that this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the human being with extra, that extra attention. You know like when someone says something, I did this with my own hands. What that means is that I did it with extra attention, extra love. I gave it everything that I had. Meaning the creation of the human being was special. As Allah says in the Quran, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ The most beautiful. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمِ That we honored the son of Adam salam. So we find this in the Quran as well. Allah mentions the beauty of the creation of Adam salam. Uh, and the human beings. Now another thing that you find in the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam, خَلَقَهُ فِي سُورَتِهِ What does that mean? خَلَقَهُ فِي سُورَتِهِ What does that mean? He created him in his image. Now someone can say, oh my God, what does that mean? Sahih hadith, authentic Sahih Muslim by the way, okay? So we have to understand these narrations. Where the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that He was created in His image, what does that mean? Does that mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has an image? 
And does that mean that this person was created from that image of Allah? Seems to be a very a little difficult to understand. So the scholars explain this by saying, the crux of this explanation lies in one word. And that is his. What's the most important part in understanding this hadith? His. You're probably thinking, what am I talking about? I'll translate it again, listen. Created him in his image. Whose image? So now this lamir or this personal pronoun can be referring to one of three things. Either it can be referring to Adam salam's image. Meaning Allah created him in his image. What that means is, other creation, other human beings are created gradually, but Adam salam was created 100%. You understand? 60 foot tall, this is how his face was going to be. From day one, he was created in his original image. You guys understand that? Another explanation of this his is actually in context to a longer hadith that mentions, the Prophet ﷺ says, if you must strike someone, if you must strike someone, never strike their face. The Prophet said, if you must strike someone, do never touch their face. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him in his image. So in this, situ- in this scenario, the word his is referring to brother. If one of you wishes to strike his brother, meaning if you're the one who's striking, don't just hit him on the face. Ask yourself, how would you like to be hit on the face? His image, your own image. How would you like to be hit on the face? Of course you wouldn't like that because your face is delicate, it's beautiful. It's, it's where so many of your senses lie, where your importance is. Why would you want someone to strike you on the face there? That's not a good thing. And the third possibility is where his is referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is where people usually get worried. So this is also not so difficult to explain. The scholars, they say that fi suratihi, if it's referring to the image of Allah, what that means is just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes his image in the Quran as being al-alim, the knowledgeable, al-basir, the one who sees, al-sami' the one who can hear. Similarly, Allah created Adam alayhi salam in lines with that image, meaning he has the ability to learn, he has the ability to see, he has the ability to hear. Similarly, in those, with, with, that, with, with, that, with those attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala possesses. And Imam Bajuri rahmatullahi alayhi, and also Imam Darqutni, I'm sorry, Imam Bayhaqi rahmatullahi alayhi, both explain this hadith in a lot of detail in their, in their works. Imam Bayhaqi rahmatullahi alayhi has a book called Kitabul Asma'i wa Sifat, right? And in there he covers this issue with a lot of detail.